Welcome to another edition of the YXE Sports Podcast, episode number 14. It is the last one for March. Today is March the 30th, which means later this week it'll be a new month, Ray Morris. That's, That's right. Something. It is going to be the month of April. Uh, if you're wondering about the audio of this, we're not in <laughs> Ian Roach's studio because we are properly quarantining during these times. So I um, want to thank Ian for his help. We... Uh, we capture this, and then we get it to Ian, and then he does great things with it and gets it out to the masses. So we are uh, not with Ian physically, but... Spiritually that, and mentally. Exactly. That bond will never break, Ian. <laughs> it's uh, April Fool's Day later this week, too. It is. So Absolutely. I don't know if you got anything down the pipeline for no, that. No, I just, I just find it interesting that you thought of Ian and April Fool's Day on the same sentence. That's all. Maybe this find that ironic. Maybe this will be the episode that we can talk about <laughs> F1. Maybe. <laughs> not. <laughs> not. Well, like everything else, there's really nothing to report on F1 or yeah. anything else. Um, as you mentioned, uh, we were recording this on March 30th. It is record day. And um, the CFL camps, the rookie camps, scheduled to go May the 13th, have been canceled. Randy Ambrosi announced that. Uh, on March the 30th, on this day. Good move, in your mind? Yes. Premature? Premature, maybe. But I think they were kind of looking at what the blueprint yeah. was that all these other leagues were doing. And I mean, yeah, okay, you know, you're postponing training camp, but that's, what, six weeks away? -ish? Yeah, yep. So who knows? They could only be postponed. I mean, things are changing with this so rapidly, Yeah. right? It could only be postponed for another two weeks, and then we could get on with the season well, I, uh, relatively you No, know, You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a good move, and I'll tell you why. Because you're gathering players from all over North America. To, to Half of them imports, right? To travel from all yeah. over North America to come into Canada. And you just you just have to be so cautious with this, Matt. You just fear of a relapse anywhere. As we record this, of course, New York, they are under siege in New York State. Louisiana is now a hot spot. Washington State continues to battle this. If they start to go on the downward slide, but other areas of the United States really become hot. Who knows how long this is mm -hmm. going to last? So now that we're literally weeks and not months away from training camp, I, I, I honestly do think that this is a good move by Randy Ambrosi, but it is, um, it is a tough one for sure. As I said last week when we were with Ian, um, the Canadian Football League will do everything in its power to have a November 22nd Grey Cup game in Regina. Mm -hmm. You're tempting fate if you try have it later with the weather, the way it is in these parts, which we can kind of continue that debate again. When is the absolute latest drop-dead date that the CFL can start a season? I would say probably the first few weeks of July. So you wouldn't be on board with an eight-game season that starts Labor Day? No, because no, I don't no, think the, no. I don't think the CFL can afford to to have that. Well, they can afford that though better than not having a season at all. Not yeah, it's true. Right. I think uh, I think they need to play as many games as possible. Oh, I do too. But and, and but... July is a long ways away. No, I yeah no I I, I think it'll be later than July. You I think guess. so? I, really? I think this virus, just everything you know, and it's it's. We're talking on a little bit of a tough day here on March the 30th, too, because 
uh, Saskatchewan lost its first two citizens to COVID-19. So um, to friends and family, thoughts and prayers, 20 new cases on March the 30th, which brought the total to 176 as of the start of this week. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's tough. I just don't, I, I think it's kind of tough to kind of um, kind of predict where this is going to go, but you want to make damn sure that nobody is at risk in any way, shape, or form before you start something like this. So it's 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 a tough one. Charlie Power, though, to your point, the former U of S Husky, he made an interesting point today. Um, I think this was on a Canadian press story. He said, everyone realizes this is bigger than football, but... At the same time, CFL players aren't making the typical pro athletes' salaries where we can survive for a long time. And so that might have been from Farhan Lalji, or that might have been from the Canadian press. I can't remember. But that's, you know, he brings up a good point. So he's kind of talking to your point about, you know, how, how long do you wait? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a, it's a tough spot for, you know, you think of those national players the canadian sort of special teams players that's tough because he makes a good point they're not making you know they're not they're not making the big money that others in this league and other pro athletes are well and you look at the just the effect that this has had on all businesses and employees not just in saskatoon but wherever right yeah you know what in the cfl is kind of similar or a lot of the athletes in the cfl are similar in that regard to you know, typically most CFL players will have off-season jobs, um, but for a lot of these CFL players and athletes, this is their livelihood. This is how they make a well, good sum of their money. So, you know, I think Charlie Power brings up a good point. Well, and the other, too, the, right? but, the, but the other point too, that you're making too is those players that have off-season jobs right now they might yeah, not they, yeah. they might not have off-season jobs right now. So that's that's the that's the thing to think about there too. Be even more dependent on that money. Yep. Exactly. Um, The WWCFL, which is the Western Women's Canadian Football League, so the league that the Saskatoon Valkyries play in, officially canceled their season. That was uh, supposed to start at the end of April. I think the writing was on the wall for that one. However, for those um, female athletes that are so passionate about football, (laughs) that's a a tough tough pill for them to swallow. Uh, A teacher at your former high school, Beth Thompson, Spent a lot of years with the Valkyries, and um, I got to interview her one time a few years ago, and that, that's a great point. The, mm-hmm. the passion that these ladies put into this football is absolutely terrific, and 2020 would have been the 10th anniversary. It would have been the yeah. decade anniversary of this league, but it's uh, going to resume, we think, in 2021, and I think in the nine years, the Saskatoon Valkyries have won six of the titles, and the Regina Riot have won three. <laughs> So there you go. So you can bet that the Saskatchewan athletes want to get back into that and get winning. One of the greatest things I ever saw was uh, the former NFL pro bowler, Ronnie Lott. He was speaking at the uh, dog's breakfast one morning. And he, the first thing he did, he walked in and he said, hey, where is this women's football team I hear so much about? I hear you're champions again. And he made them all stand <laughs> up and, you know, just to get that tip of the hat from an NFL yep. Uh, Pro Bowler was yeah. was was pretty cool. So yeah, it's hopefully um, hopefully they you know twenty twenty one is a big year for that league as yeah. they get back on track as they you know now have to take a year off. 
Tokyo will end up hosting the Summer Olympics. It just won't be this year. Uh, it'll be in 2021. So from July 23rd to August 8th of 2021 is when the Tokyo Summer Olympics that were supposed to happen this upcoming summer uh, will happen. So good, I you know, whether it's the IOC or whoever makes that decision, good on them to still allow Tokyo to host <laughs> the Olympics. Well, maybe they didn't have a choice after many countries well, like Canada said, yeah, we're not yeah. coming. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're, Hand was forced a little bit. Uh, maybe I've been watching too many Donald Trump news conferences too because <laughs> it seems to me that I predicted this last week that this was going to be pushed back for a year when we yeah. did our podcast. Yeah. And so don't mean to say I told you so like the American president has, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is in all honesty, yeah. though, for, for the athletes that were, you know, looking forward yeah. to competing this year, yeah. um, I think that kind of, you know, gives well, them a little bit of hope for 2021. You think about all the facilities and all the gyms and all the equipment that is just off limits right now across the world. There would be no way for these athletes to get ready for a July yeah. 2020 Olympic Games. There's sure. just no way because these are these are finely tuned athletes that you know prep for in some cases four years for these events. So no, it is uh, that is a good move. That was a that was a nice piece of move to nice piece of news to uh, to see for sure. So other than Donald Trump news conferences, <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching in the absence well, no, you of tell sports? Me. You tell me. So okay, so here's the deal: TSN and Sportsnet. Uh, They've canceled their highlight programming, so they don't even do Sports Central and Sports Center anymore. Oh, yeah. So, the, for two reasons. One, to keep everybody distant and safe, which is the most important thing. But secondly, how the hell would you fill a one-hour show with nothing going on? Right? It would end up just like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we do it. Why can't they? No, I'm kidding. So, um, which brought me to the topic of what is the favorite rerun that you've been watching on television uh your brother texted me and he said there's some classic chris cuthbert right now when he was doing some cbc games i think it was a um a vancouver hockey game like a long time ago but what is your what has been your favorite thing to watch on the sports networks of the old stuff that's kind of being rehashed and re-shown. Well, first of all, that was me that texted you that. Oh, okay. And uh, second of all... <laughs> I think rehearsal's going well. <laughs> oh, I should just get up. Oh, I should just... Okay, go ahead. But anyways, no, that uh, that 04... <laughs> that 04 game, the 2004 game yeah. was, was pretty cool. It was Vancouver and um, Calgary. Yep. And uh, it was the game where... Well, it was the year that the Flames went to the... Stanley Cup. Yep. So the Flames ended up winning that game, but yep. um, it was round one, game seven. Matt Cook scored a goal uh, towards the end of the third period with like 10 yep. seconds left to tie to send it to overtime. And that was one of the best Chris Cuthbert calls ever. And there's so many. Yeah. But that was one of the best ones. Just the long drawn out Matt Cook. Yeah. And then he had another beauty on the Martin Gelina overtime winner. That was good. Um, and to be honest, uh, I haven't really seen a whole ton of them that in depth there are some really really old ones from the 80s yeah and i know you absolutely love watching those yeah but i just can't stand those well, uh, just why is that the production value and uh, <laughs> that's the, awesome the style of play is just you know what's interesting terrible. you know who uh, a good friend of yours is because you announced that you were um 
starting a new position with Golden West Radio, mm -hmm. and you put that out on Twitter. The first person to congratulate you was... Chris Cuthbert. Chris Cuthbert. Yeah. And what was interesting about that was, back in 2004, you were about... How old were you in 2004? Oh, Nine uh, years old? Yeah, I would have been in grade three. Nine years old. So probably. You got to meet Scott Oak and Kelly Rudy the year that they went on that playoff push in 0405. Oh three oh four. Oh three oh four. Right. And um Chris Cuthbert would have been in the press box for that game, but you didn't meet him okay. until years after yeah. because we were downstairs talking to Scott Oak yeah. and Kelly Rudy. That, I remember that, that because yeah. Kelly Rudy shuffled us through a whole bunch of people. That yeah, was he awesome. did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was, He was. yeah. No, that was... Uh, Picked that us out like a sore spot of the crowd. I Come would here. have to think that for me, the best rerun I've seen, and this was actually freaky, 1988, uh, the LA Dodgers, I'm a Dodger guy, mm -hmm. so is Peter Labardius. And Peter Labardius and I grew up right across the alley from one another, a few blocks from where we are now. Mm -hmm. And Peter has just this unbelievable memory. So I'm talking to him about the 1988 Dodgers-Oakland A's series. The Dodgers win it, right? Kirk Gibson hits the home run, and the LA Dodgers win it. And I'm just trying to find this, uh, this text here. I don't know how he remembers this stuff. Um, so I said, my gosh, I'm just watching the 88 rerun of the World Series, and I can't help but to think of you, Pete. He says, I did love that World Series. It was also opening night of the best Hilltops game ever when they beat the Rams and then Kirk Gibson hit that home run. How do you, like, <laughs> how? <laughs> some, way, some way, somehow, he remembered a Hilltops-Rams game from 1988 happening on the same night that Kirk Gibson hit a big home run to help... Um, Help the Dodgers beat uh, the Oakland A's in the World Series. See, this is neat because for young guys like me, yeah. it is kind of cool. The the one of the '80s games that I was referring to was Gretzky's '50 and '39. Oh, was yeah. on uh, on the weekend yeah. uh, against Philadelphia from 1981. Yep. Um, so for guys my age and all my friends, uh, we get to watch. It is hard to believe you for know? the first time, but yeah. for old guys like you, you get to watch it twice because you were so old that you remember it for hey, the first time. Easy. No, but that is the cool thing for a guy like you is yeah. you do get to see Wayne Gretzky. I'll never forget there was somebody about your age in the newsroom one day, and they were showing a rerun of the '88, '87 uh, Canada Cup. And a young guy who'd never seen it came to me and he said, man, that was good hockey. You know, because it's just so different because there's a red line in. Players aren't as big, so there's more room to skate, more puck carrying instead of passing. And so, you know, it, it's good. Um, but And it's not that it's any less better now. As Wayne Gretzky always says, the players are better now than they were then. But it's just a different style of game that, that you know... Uh, I've been lucky enough because I'm older to see both styles of it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what's that's what's kind of neat about that. One of so, your uh, career highlights is also covering a Wayne Gretzky hockey game, is it not? It was. I covered Wayne. So you think about Wayne Gretzky, and when everybody thinks about Wayne Gretzky, they think of him as an Edmonton Oiler because he won so many cups with the Oilers. Won one. Um, uh, he, but when he went to the New York Rangers. Um, I covered his last game in Calgary. And you think about him winning all those cups with the Oilers in Edmonton, the Battle of Alberta. You think it was something here in 2019, 2020. Back then it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Bloodshed. So, so I was lucky enough to ask John Muckler, who was coaching the Rangers at the time, because they were actually cheering for Wayne Gretzky. 
Uh, he was with the Rangers. It was his last game, and they really wanted him to score a goal. And he came close with about two minutes to go. But anyway, I asked John Muckler, I said, did you ever think there'd be a day in the Calgary Saddle Dome, just think about this, that Wayne Gretzky would be cheered? He said, no. He says, that's a great question. Five years ago, I wouldn't have thought that was happened. But that was that was a very neat event that I got to, uh, that I did get to cover and got to interview Wayne Gretzky uh, during his his final trip because he retired shortly after that um, as a New York Ranger. So that, that was pretty cool. Was that probably like your your top or one of your top career highlights over all the events that you've covered? Yeah, that year? would be that would be one of them. Uh, I was lucky enough that the wildest sports event I actually saw with your mom, believe it or not, and that would have been the 1991 World Junior Hockey Championships right. when yeah. John Slaney yeah. scored the game winner. And I, I, I happened to have that day off. I was working in television at the time, right. but I happened to have that because it was the week after Christmas. So I happened to have that. So uh, I was at SAS Place, SAS Tel Center now, um, and that was the wildest event I've ever been at. Uh, but yeah, the biggest event I ever covered was probably Wayne Gretzky's yeah. last game in Calgary. When you think about the Battle of Alberta and the storied battles that uh, that the Flames and Oilers had had, so that was a, that was a great TSN assignment for sure. There's been some beauty uh, beauty events over uh, the years at uh, Sastel Center. Oh yeah, uh, in Saskatoon. Even when the World Juniors were here in 2010, I was at the Canada USA New Year's Eve game. Yeah, Derek Stepan. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah and that was there, that yeah. was wild. Nas yeah. and Kadri on the Leafs yeah. end. I was also at the uh, opening game where they beat Latvia 16. And you're loving the rush. You're lo still yeah. loving the rush game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so that's good. Was a part of uh, in attendance for two championships there as well. So nice. Uh, yeah, that's been been fantastic. But yeah, you look at all the events. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not old enough to remember the Saskatoon Arena, but apparently that place used to get oh, yeah. quite rocking as well. Hey? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 19th Street and Second Avenue. Oh boy, oh yeah, no, it was, uh, it was uh, probably sat about 2,700 <laughs> with standing room. If you give the fire marshal a good ticket, you could get 3,200 in there. Oh yeah, it was. It was fantastic. Yeah. What did the old Estevan? Uh, what would it have been? The Estevan Auditorium. The back Civic the Auditorium. The Civic Auditorium. Yeah. Oh, Susan, what would have that have held? Uh, eight, nine hundred, maybe a thousand people. And they used to, for the Wayburn Red Wings, Dwight McMillan coached the Wayburn Red Wings, yeah. and Jerry James, the Estevan yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That, and that was, and Patty Janelle, the late Patty Janelle, coached in Swift Current. Okay. And, yeah, no, there was some terrific, terrific uh, battles there, too. We're, uh, Absolutely. We're running out of time uh, for this episode anyways, yeah. but uh, if we need some time to fill next week, You'll have to fill us in on some of those uh, junior A hockey. <laughs> I'll see stories if I can remember them <laughs> because they are uh, they are wild. So thanks once again for um, joining us on the week of March 30th. Stay safe, everybody. Yeah, and social uh, distance because we're not actively around Ian Roach. Just want to give a Isolation. big shout out to him. because yep. uh, he'll do a good job to make sure that this uh, gets to all these social media platforms. Uh, and we are on um, iTunes now, so Apple Podcasts which we were last week as well. So that's super sweet. We're also on Spotify. These will be hooked up to my personal account. So you can let us know any thoughts that you might have on this episode. Hope you enjoy. Like Ray said, take care. And we will talk to you the same time next week.